0: This podcast is offered by Black Mountain Zen on the web at blackmountainzen.org Our public offerings are made possible by the kind donations from people like you. Good evening. So for the last while we've been having an online class on the Heart Sutra. The Heart Sutra is the most chanted sutra in Mahayana Buddhism, which Zen is part of, as is Tibetan Buddhism and Chinese Chan and Korean Buddhism. Um, The the sutra is about um, if we put it as a question, we could say, what is it to see deeply into what's going on? And it, it has a phrase in the middle where it says, and the bodhisattva dwells in prajnaparamita and the mind is no hindrance. And when there's no hindrance, there's no fear. And when there's no fear, There is no agitation. Um, And in a way, from a Zen perspective, then it becomes a question. And what's that proposition of practice and what is it to do it, you know? Uh, what is it to dwell in Prajnaparamita? Prajnaparamita roughly translates as the wisdom beyond wisdom. The wisdom um, that arises when we have insights rather than what we figured out. When we have an an insight, we experience something and then it's beyond our words and ideas. And then usually, sometimes immediately and sometimes over time, we give it sort of some conceptual framework. Bodhisattva is someone who is um, engaged in the process of waking up. Bodhisattva dwells in the wisdom beyond wisdom. The Bodhisattva stays in touch and lives the experience of insights. you know? across the street today there there was the funeral for that uh, young journalist who got shot up in Derry and uh, one of the main speakers says, what does it take, you know, is this what it it takes for us to end the violence? What does it take to uh, see what's going on? What does it take for any one of us to kind of see the process of how we're relating to being alive? In one of the early Buddhist sutras, it says, seeing the process of being alive. Is as rare as dirt getting stuck on the back of your nail. So in the mornings, uh, last couple of mornings, we have what we call a sharing circle, and um, so the f- and then each day there's a, a mindfulness exercise, and then you see how does that unfold during the day. What we started with was um, something that actually is closely related to what does it take to see what's going on. Um, in, in Buddhist terms, it's uh, the, the, the Sanskrit word is Vedana, and uh, Vedana is that deep response, immediate response we have to an experience. And, um, like sometimes, um, sometimes it's often it has a deep emotional quality to it. <laughs> and that is when we're open to it. Sometimes we have that deep experience. And we just, um, the mind is so busy creating ideas and judgments and other things, conclusions, um, that we miss it. And, um, and so the exercise yesterday was can you start to notice in your day how you're experiencing? the events, the interactions that are coming up and even to do it um, retroactively and even now you could ask yourself, um, of all the things that happened today, what one seemed to have the most uh, impact, the most energy? Hmm? And usually you can note it in terms of uh, sometimes what's most memorable, sometimes what stirred you up emotionally, positively or negatively, or sometimes what kept recurring in your mind about a particular event. And sometimes all of those come together, you know. So maybe for a moment, you can just think, okay, what was most notable? What was the most impactful in terms of emotions? And just notice what comes to mind. And that, it's almost like looking back or looking deeply in, into our experience, that, that's part of the quality of Prajnaparabhita, yeah. it's like that human conscious, that ability of human consciousness to be aware of its own activity. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, like, neutral. Hmm? Of course, if, if we're too caught up in it, we sort of miss it. We miss acknowledging it for what's happening because we're so inside the story it's creating. But then, just to reflect, Okay, what happened today? What was it? I was walking up the street and just noticing all the crowds outside St. Anne's. And Jeremy Corbyn was just a little bit dying. And he was surrounded by like a hovering number of reporters and and he was making pronouncements. And then a little further up, the chief constable of police was standing just across the street from St. Anne's, the big doors, and he was speaking, and all these cameras trying to get a shot. And And the thousand or so people, you know, just. When there's that many people together, it's kind of. Um, has almost a gravity to it, an impact of presence. Something important must be happening if there's this many people. And it stirred up in me the memories of, you know, all the deliberate and accidental deaths and all the controversies that happened during the troubles. So much on top of each other that so many people were just a small incident They didn't attract prime ministers and presidents and chief constables. Usually we're kind of mesmerized by the way we've made meaning or significance out of what's happening. You know, it's, it's like our own story about it sort of draws us in as if that's everything. But can we see the mind, the heart, that creates that? You know? And the Heart Sutra says, when you start to see what's being created. Um, The creation becomes less of a kind of, um, less mesmerizing. Uh, One translation says, our own creation is like walls, we put up walls around being open to reality. Um, when the Bodhisattva dwells in paramita, there's no hindrance. Um, classically in Buddhism there's three kinds of hindrances. Three ways we kind of get caught up in how we're relating to experience. One is circumstances, you know. It's like the circumstances and conditions. Sometimes when you're sitting, you know, your knee, your back, some part of your body hurts. And it um, sort of captures your attention, you know. Usually when some part of our body hurts, there's a kind of subtle or not so subtle physical contraction. There is a kind of a mental disturbance. And in that creation, um, our awareness is sort of caught It's hard to pause and just let it be the experience of the moment. And really that's the request. When you're sitting with discomfort, can you just let it be a sensation? Mm. And it's a good guideline. Uh, If you can't let it be a sensation, pause, deliberately move, Adjust your posture, start over. And then the second kind of hindrance is uh, it's a kind of um, passion or emotional disposition or getting stuck in your own emotional state or actually any emotional or mental state. Um, It's like often the emotion energizes the thinking. Usually when we have a neutral thought, it doesn't linger so long. But when it's strongly positive or strongly negative emotionally, then we, uh, it has more significance. It, it sort of has more staying power. It's more potent. And it's more, like I think we've all experienced, Um, something powerful happens, you think about it for a while, maybe even deliberately change your attention to something else, and then it sort of pops up again. And if it's quite potent for you, it'll keep recurring all day may even be what you think about when you're going to sleep. It's different from something neutral. When your mind notices the sound of the bell. Uh, it was a clock just timing off, 8 o'clock. Um, mostly neutral, maybe a little pleasant, but just sort of disappears. Someone says something to you that hurts your feelings deeply, Mm. doesn't just disappear. (laughs) So that kind of hindrance or stickiness And then the third hindrance, it's like the absence of noticing. Like we're just caught up and we're not even noticing, we're caught up. We're just churning away on something and we're not even noticing. this strange state that we're often in, where we're totally engaged in how the world is being experienced, but it's like a dream. And how do we enter that dream and let it become conscious? So this, so yesterday we, and the deep feeling we have about it the the how we're stirred deeply you know whether it's by circumstance by emotion or just the way we're mesmerized and pulled in so the mindfulness exercise was can you start to notice Even if you do it after the fact, it sort of helps you have more of a take on your own life. There's some spiritual traditions where before you go to sleep, you kind of review the day. Not so much to judge it, but just to kind of acknowledge this is how this being called me related to what arose today and can it be acknowledged almost like in a straightforward that's what it was yeah Can we take in how we're being, what we're being, what we're creating? What does it take? You know. About a month ago I noticed someone sent me an email. I didn't uh, agree with the point they made in their email. They were kind of saying I'd done something, uh, I'd set something up a certain way that was not appropriate. It wasn't a big deal, but I didn't like it. And <laughs> I noticed Not liking it was, like, an unpleasant experience. Having an unpleasant experience uh, created a certain kind of attitude or response, you know. How I was thinking about that person had sort of hardened wasn't quite as, I dare you, but it was more like, that's not right. But in the middle of it, somehow or another, I had the insight, oh, look at that. Look at the way those things just sort of play together, you know. My opinion, my dislike, my conclusion and, and my uh, impulse to just write a rebuttal. Wait a minute. Don't you remember I told you that before you could confirm that, I had to c- clarify with this other person? I'm right, and you're wrong. And then when you see it, it's like, oh, look at that. That's, uh, that's how we put together the world. That's how we um, you know, conclude how lovely, how terrible. What a sweet, lovely person. Hmm. What an annoying person. Hmm. That's how we put together the hindrances. (coughs) And then what helps us to uh, pause and see what's going on rather than react without quite seeing it. Hmm. It's not that the mind has to be calm, but it has to almost like be willing to go, let go of its preoccupation. Yeah. And so sometimes it's um it's almost like you have to steady your mind so that it can let go and so today i suggested just breathe out and then notice Hmm? okay what's happening how is it being related to And as we start to do that, um, it, it's like the world—the beca- world, according to me—becomes more porous or more open. It's like okay, this is how the this is how reality is created and confirmed. This is a good person, that's a bad person. I'm right, you're wrong. When we start to see it, how all that comes into being, um, those judgments, those conclusions, we can see they're more arbitrary. It's just okay, that arises out of a certain kind of conditioning. It's just how it is. And the sutra says, and when we start to see that, how it is, is less of a hindrance. It's just, okay, that's what my mind created in that moment. And that's the emotions that rose in relationship to those emotions. as I witnessed the funeral, it wasn't just, for me, it wasn't just the sadness of the senselessness of that young reporter getting killed. It sort of, for me, it was like the senselessness of all the people that got killed in the troubles. You know? the senselessness that every day you know people get killed mistreated and how when we let ourselves open to the world we're co-creating, we start to see that I'm right and you're wrong in a way is senseless. It's arbitrary. You know, it's the way we cling to it and assert it as some absolute um, compounds the difficulties of our life. And when we can start to see that, when we can start to see not only the nature of suffering, but the cause of suffering, and what we're doing to each other and that we don't need to do that to each other you know the agitation the distress and the fear we have softens you know And the sutra says, and when we start to see it, the fear diminishes. And it's a paradox for us because even though we're not quite in touch with what's happening with us, for us, a lot of the time, uh, we're trying to manage the world it's creating. But the fact that we're not seeing it, it's a little bit of a mystery to us. Sometimes more than a little bit. And to see it deeply, to make it part of our practice, to look what's going on, how am I feeling, what am I thinking, how did I respond to that interaction, to that event, to that memory. Um, The very activity of seeing it and acknowledging it and letting it be, helps something to loosen up yeah. and when we do that when we loosen up it's almost like there's a deep reassurance for us that that's possible yeah. that something in us has the capacity to not just get stuck in reacting to the experience. It's like rather than a rigid response, a fluid response. (coughs) I watched a little video clip on the BBC News of how the audience responded when that statement was made and there was one particular politician who didn't look at all happy. And and then everybody started to stand up and clap. And then this politician, you could see, it seemed like the thought went through their head Well, I better stand up. Everybody else is standing up. And then I better clap. Everybody else is clapping. Um, Sometimes opening up to the world the world draws us in, you know. Um, And of course, the world can draw us into something negative as well as positive. Um, But if we can keep that integrity, the way we're drawn into the world um, has more positivity to it. Yeah. If we're connected to something in our own being, that's when we open up to gratitude, to uh, kindness, to shared compassion. Yeah. Yeah. And in that video clip this wonderful spontaneous an interesting thing the person who was given the speech only got halfway through their statement and everybody laughed to their feet they kind of knew what he was going to say and they thought yes why do we do why do we let things like this happen And the wisdom of it's us, you know, it's not us and them, it's us, we're doing it, you know. How can we treat each other in a way that sort of dissolves the need for um, violence? And then even acknowledging, um, most of the time we do. Most of the time we're quite polite and kind to each other. And how that's enhanced when we're doing this kind of inner work of looking deeply into what we are. It's like we're more susceptible to the goodness of life. We're more available to open to it. The Heart Sutra says, engage this process, the hindrances diminish, you start to open, the fear and anxiety at the core of your being start to loosen, start to diminish and there's a more open settledness of being. And maybe the fierce part is nobody can do it for us. Nobody can do the practice for us. Each of us is to do it for ourselves. But when we open, we influence each other. We support each other in the process. Okay. Thank you.